Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed Welcome back to Forum. I'm Rachel Myro. Rachel Levin and Tara Duggan have published a humorous new cookbook that encourages home chefs to pour their feelings onto the kitchen counter. Whether you're in the mood to pound out your anger on a pork loin for a hammered schnitzel or cry over sliced onions for sad French onion soup, this cookbook called Steamed, a catharsis cookbook, has a recipe for you because anxiety cooking, according to the authors, is stress eating's more productive cousin. Well, welcome, guys. As as we begin this conversation, I want to put a call out right away because we do just have 20 minutes for this segment. Give us a call at 866-733-6786. What's the recipe you like to cook when you're feeling your feelings? 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at at kqed.org. Uh, well, you know, Rachel, I, I have to start with a compliment. This book is eminently quotable. We're going to need to yell. We're going to need to shout. We're going to need to pound. Also, there may be crying. The, the entire forum team has been bubbling over this book. <laughs> That's so nice to hear. <laughs> That's nice to hear. Thank you. Yes, it's true. It was fun to write. It was very fun to write. Um, when did you guys start writing it? Um, good question. Funnily enough, we actually started it, be- sold the proposal before the pandemic, before we were sequestered in our kitchens for, you know, 400 days. Um, so we, we started it just when the world was in its normal turmoil pre-COVID. And yeah, that's bad enough. <laughs> bad enough to inspire the need to, to find mental health in the kitchen. Uh, Tara, I've, I've known you for many years. Uh, you have often gone to the kitchen to, to process your feelings. <laughs> that's true. It definitely, uh, it definitely took on a new uh, level in the pandemic, as everyone knows. I, I like many others, went through an obsessive sourdough starter phase where I think I poured all my inks into checking the time and the level of the yeast and things like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, what we really hope to do with this cookbook is sort of turn things around instead of thinking of cooking as a chore, um, try to think about what you can get out of the activities of the kitchen and the, um, you know, there are, there, as we realize as we were writing it, there are a lot of words that are used to express emotion come from the kitchen, like boiling mad and, you know, I don't know. We, I mean, have, we, we, have, a whole glossary. we have a whole glossary in the back, which yeah. was sort of a fun thing to tack on at the end with the simple words like beat and boil and crack and 
great and grind. And we realized all of these words are quite useful and, and come in handy in the kitchen and, and in a way to vent, to vent um, your feelings. It's a, it's very aggressive language at times. <laughs> but, but then again, I mean, when you think about it, you know, in a world where aggressive behavior is not encouraged in the streets or in marriages, uh, it, it is encouraged uh, in the kitchen. It's, it's a safe place to operate. Yeah, we realize that the kitchen really is a, is a, you know, people have often thought of the kitchen as a refuge and people who like to cook have often thought of cooking as therapeutic. But we realize there hadn't really been a cookbook that conveyed with, you know, a sense of humor and, and, and words and, and some wit and recipes as to why, as to why it's therapeutic. So we really kind of um, underscored that. Uh, you took the, the subtext the and brought it up. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tara, I'm I'm wondering if we can go through uh, a recipe, perhaps one from the the first chapter, anger management. Sure. Yeah. Well, one recipe in that, that chapter is a bunch of different ways of pounding things and whacking things to get <laughs> get your frustrations out. So instead of going on social media rants, you know, you can work it out in private. And um, the, one of them is uh, one we call snapped asparagus with shermoula. And so, because asparagus is in season right now, as many people know, when you buy asparagus, the ends are kind of tough. So you got to snap the ends off. And instead of thinking of that as a boring, you know, process, try to, when you're doing it, channel, you know, who are the people you dislike the most, if it's a politician or a celebrity or an annoying neighbor, you know, snap the head off as you're going through that pile of asparagus. Um, it's actually really satisfying. And then as a bonus, it, um, the recipe is uh, paired with a sauce for shermoula, which is a North African condiment. And uh, we have a, a version where you can use the food processor, which is fine. But if you really want to go for it and you have a mortar and pestle, um, you can do a more traditional sauce where you pound the garlic in the mortar and pestle with some salt until it's really like a pulp and keep pounding as you add more ingredients. If you add some cilantro leaves and a little parsley and uh, keep going until it's nice and thin and then add oil into it. And it's, it's a good workout. Sometimes I have my teenagers help out when I do that by hand and we all get a little a little bit of relief when we do it. The family that cooks together uh, arrives at mental health together. We're talking about Steamed, a catharsis cookbook with its authors, Rachel Levin and Tara Duggan. What's what's the recipe? What's what's the kitchen strategy you turn to when you're angry, sad, or need some zen? Share it with us now. Call us at 866-733-6786. 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Rachel, I wasn't surprised to see utensils recast as weapons in this book, but, but, but you're actually recasting food as weapons, lemons, potatoes. Talk about that. Right. The word weapon. I mean, it's true. We have a section called handy kitchen weapons in which, you know, we have kitchen shears and wooden spoons and cleavers and nutcrackers and a full set of sharp knives. And then we also have, you know, the pantry bombs like lemon really is kind of uh, an organic, better smelling bleach. And <laughs> potatoes do help soothe burns in the event that you, you know, knock your wrist against the hot oven grate. So um, 
you know, we offer some solutions as well as some, some, <laughs> some sources of, of, um, of physical activity, but, but, and also, I mean, I think the, my, one of my favorite sections in the book was um, the it's all right to cry section, because I think um, there's reams of articles online of how not to cry while chopping onions um, and, and how, all the ways like wear goggles, hold a pencil in your mouth, like all these different ways not to cry while chopping onions. But what's so bad about crying while chopping onions? I think, you know, the kitchen is really a great place for crying and, and, um, and chopping onions actually um, feels good. Well, let's let's go to the phones now. We've got uh, Aris in Pleasanton. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Happy to. What's your question? Um, not a question. It's more of a comment. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of uh, how you feel uh, while you're cooking is going to going to be how your food is going to come out or, you know, transferring that good energy into the food. So I thought it was really interesting when the author said, snapping the asparagus and thinking about your annoying neighbor or your uh, or uh, uh, particularly bad politician that you want to, uh, you know. So yeah. when I think about it, I, you know, if I'm whipping egg whites, I think about I think about clouds versus like, you know, annoying things in life. Uh, so that helps me a lot. So just just a comment, and I uh, thought I'd share. Thank you, uh, Tara. Do you want to address that one? Since you were the one who brought up snapping yeah, asparagus, yeah, that's a wonderful yeah. point. Kind of reminds me of like water for chocolate. That's yeah. Book. Um, and I I agree. I think sometimes when I'm cooking, for example, if I get too caught up in thinking about the, you know, the chore or the, I have to get this done. And I, you know, have in the old days would have friends come over for dinner and I forget I'm doing this because I want to share with my friends and I want to enjoy a meal. And so of course, yes, there are a lot of positive things to think about with cooking. I think we're, you know, we're having fun with this. Like, well, and also though, <laughs> the, third, the third section of the book we do, you know, is called chilling the out and it is about the the meditative nature of cooking and I love that idea of thinking of clouds whisking egg whites as clouds and um, and so that is part of you know we ha- we sort of have fun with the beginning you know get your anger out but then by the end of the book you're chilling on the couch with um, a cup of um, chai tea and chocolate chip cookies so I think so we kind of you know <laughs> we run the gamut of emotions. Th- that is true. We've been uh, over-focusing perhaps on the first chapter. Um, but, you know, when you think about it, right, uh, cooking cooking food, cooking healthy food, cooking celebratory food is, is an expression of love for yourself, for, for the other people you're cooking for. Right. And we say, I mean, the book is sort of, you know, most cookbooks you're sort of so focused or most in cooking you're so focused on the end product, um, but but the process of cooking too. So these recipes are designed to... Um, you know, both nourish both the, the person making the food as well as the people eating them. You know, I, I suppose uh, so often for me, what, what's restorative about the process of cooking at home, even if I'm just, you know, making a simple meal for myself is, you know, I, I'm not thinking about Twitter. I'm not thinking about that next deadline. I'm not thinking about, you know, the person or, or the politician who's annoying me. I'm thinking, Okay, let's see. Half a cup, really? Half a cup? Maybe we should drop that a little bit, or uh, you, you know, like okay, stay focused now. That other thing's on the boil. Like, like it, 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 it. 
my attention, my mental attention moves to the moment. I'm literally being in the moment. And that's part of what like whisking you're like a wild woman as um, I think Tara, you might've come up with that little subhead, but it is like the act of whisking, like instead of sort of focusing on how much the measuring, how much to put in the measuring cup, focus on the whisking and, you know, really, really lean into that, to that action, into that activity. And, and there's, there's sort of a catharsis in that and, and a mental freeing um, as well. And, and also in a in less vigorous cooking too, like if you're bubbling stock on the stove or, soup or stew, um, it can really feel soothing. And I think it's good to sort of take a moment to appreciate that as you're doing it, that you're, you are taking care of yourself, maybe your family or friends and let it soak in a little bit instead of just moving on to that next project. Yeah. Just having a pot simmering on the stove, like brings a sense of calm to, to my kitchen and myself. Like I really love having something on the stovetop that's just kind of at a low simmer. It feels, it feels calming. Yeah, it's it's you know it's sort of a full, uh, full sensory experience. Uh, give us a call now at eight six six seven three three six seven eight six. What what's your favorite aspect of cooking, uh, especially as regards your mental health? Eight six six seven three three six seven eight six. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at. KQED forum. You can email your questions or comments to forum at kqed.org. You know, I'd be interested in hearing from both of you about how your relationship with cooking has evolved during the pandemic. Uh, Tara, you you mentioned, you know, uh, bread. I, I myself have killed at least three sourdough starters since the pandemic began. <laughs> but, but you know, like, but there was that time. There was that time when uh, it seemed like everybody had, uh, had bread on the brain uh, as a way of coping with the start of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, of course, one thing that happened at the beginning of the pandemic was a concern about food shortages. Uh, you know, we at the Chronicle reported a lot about that issue. And for the most part, there weren't really food shortages. You know, there were sometimes distribution issues. I mean, there were food shortages for people for low income populations. And unfortunately, that continues. Food insecurity is still an issue for a lot of people. But I think as a, you know, as a society, we we panic about food and for good reason in a lot of ways it wasn't very safe to go to the store and uh, there were a lot of concerns so I think that's probably why we we a lot of us took up these kind of obsessive types of cooking projects um something felt like you could control you know at least something in your life at that moment and provide for yourself and your family um and obviously, I think as the months went by and everyone had to cook almost every single meal and, and were, most people were out of their routine, it was, it, things shifted. I think people became a little less um, interested in like big project cooking maybe as they did in the beginning. Although I did just check in with Omnivore Books. I was there yesterday and they are still selling books like crazy. That's a cookbook store in San Francisco that's done really well during the pandemic. So it's I'm I'm I'll be it'll be interesting to see how people's 
you know, if people are going to continue to keep cooking more than they did before the pandemic, or if once now restaurants are all, you know, safer place to be with vaccinations, they will shift their pattern back to more takeout and more restaurant eating. A listener tweets, being in the moment is exactly what I was thinking about how cooking is therapeutic for me. I'm just doing. I'm not distracted by my usual anxieties. Another listener writes, I love a complicated recipe when I need to zone out. Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking, that was my mom's favorite, is a good one since there are so often many steps. I get lost in the cooking, which gets my mind off whatever is bothering me. Uh, although she does enjoy snapping some heads off asparagus. We've got a caller, Beverly, in Oakland. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Beverly. Oh, oh, I was just listening on the phone, and I I thought I didn't know I was on. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a delay with that. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I just wanted to share that I often prepare food from recipes that have been given to me by someone special and like some of them are are dead, but I still honor them by preparing their food. I think of my wonderful mother-in-law with her recipes from Czechoslovakia and how she was so good to me. And I think of a cousin who taught me how to stir the pot after you drop in the spaghetti so it won't stick in the bottom. And I cry into my spaghetti because she died young. And it can be an emotional release and an an honor to people, and it's good for your feelings of loss of that person to keep them with you, I think. So emotionally, it's nice to cook food that was a gift to you. That's a a beautiful thought, Beverly, and and, uh, yeah, I'm going to think, I think, next meal, like, who can I remember uh, cooking this meal? Yeah. Um, Joyce Goldstein, who, um, after we, I was talking about this book, Joyce Goldstein is obviously a revered chef in the Bay Area, she, someone told me about a book she wrote in 1978 um, called Feedback that kind of touches on this, on our theme of the book. Uh, um, uh, and, and we include a quote in the book from her that says, that we took from that, that says, cooking is a physical activity with emotional fallout. And there is a lot of emotion, like Beverly's saying, in cooking and for all sorts of various reasons. Um, the smallest little thing can make you think of someone else, like just stirring the pot of, of spaghetti. I love that. So I think... Um, yeah, there's a lot to explore. And our book is lighthearted. Um, Joyce Goldstein's 1978 book was obviously more earnest, but um, but I think it gets at the same the same themes. Any last thoughts, Tara, before we, we head out uh, into the kitchen, perhaps to cook uh, lunch? Well, I hope you, you know, I know people are feeling a little burnt out about cooking, but, uh, you know, our book tries to give you some fun new ideas and, and, Try to remember to enjoy it and not just think of it just as a something, you know, onerous that you have to do. Try to I hope you can get something more out of out of the experience of cooking. Think of it as delightful instead. Well, thank you so much. We've been talking with authors Rachel Levin and Tara Duggan about Steamed, a catharsis cookbook. Uh, and something that's well worth uh, putting in your kitchen today. Form is produced by Tina Lauerberg, Grace Wan, Crystal Consal, and Christopher Beal. Our interim senior editor is Judy Campbell. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, and Brendan Willard. Our interns are Leslie Torres and Kimia Akbari. Our executive editor is Ethan Tovin-Lindsay and Holly Kernan. Thank you so much. 
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.